This is a conspiracy. That's what this is. One big damn conspiracy! And everyone's in on it! I know what's going on. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Did you see the memo about this? Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. Don't you see what this means? Welcome to episode 25 of your Missing the Point podcast, where we discuss the weird, the wonderful, and the damn right bizarre aspects of life, as we have conversations with people from all over the world. No guests for you guys today. I was actually over on Ghost Podcast, My Third Eye, where we broke down the history and life of Ned Kelly. So that should be an interesting one for all you American listeners, and even a bit of a brush-up history for you Aussies out there. Anyway, today's a bit of a quick fire round. Just the week that was and all the things that have got me fired up lately. So let's get stuck into it. Very first thing, I came across President Biden's tweet this morning, and it says, Today, by signing a new joint initiative to accelerate a transition to clean energy, the United States and Australia will take one giant step forward in our fight against climate crisis. So that's President Joe Biden and the Australian Prime Minister Albanese. Interesting. Very, very interesting. There are Every time these world governments and corporations and bodies seem to meet, they seem to accelerate and push up the date for removing all greenhouse gas emissions and removing coal and all of these so-called bad energy systems and moving everything to electric. Now, the really interesting thing is <laughs> I've got a, a listener and a mate who I talk to regularly uh, via Instagram who who's in the energy industry, who works in power. And he's got some estimates for me that are pretty shocking, especially considering we're removing all the coal-fired power stations at an alarming rate in this country. This is the insider scoop that I've got from him. From his source, from my source, rather, from him himself, his estimates are that in the coming years, we as a nation will have an electrical shortfall of 35 to 40%. That's from the hours of 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Now, as he said, this looks like a really small time window, but in fact, that's when 90% of users are actually using all their electrical components, using their cleaning appliances, heating their homes, cooking dinner, watching TV, what have you. They are using all these appliances between the hours of 6 and 8. So there's going to be so much strain on the grid, everyone tapping in at the same time, reduced output because we've gone to renewables, that Australia in the next few years could very well be facing blackouts that we see in California on a daily basis. This is absolutely shocking. We're a first world country and we're deliberately crippling ourselves in our energy market. Why are we doing this? These are really, really important questions that no one seems to be asking. It's all about the Green New Deal. It's all about 2025, 2030, the Green New Deal. But no one's taking into account you can't just 
turn these power stations off. You just can't replace them with renewables. The energy outputs are not there yet. You could have a solar panel on every single roof in this country. Yeah, it looks great, but is it always going to be sunny? Will it always be windy for these turbines to be blowing? Will they generate enough power? These are the things that are not considered when you talk about renewables. Absolutely shocking. And this is the thing people don't consider. They always think of it as global warming is a major issue. Now, I don't agree with a man-made climate change analogy, not at all. Climate is constantly changing. It's a cycle. It's part of nature. It's what happens. But people very quickly forget that pollution is a very real thing, something that never really gets addressed. If it was really about a green agenda and a green new deal, the world's governments, they'd be forcing big corporations like Apple, like Sony, all these phone manufacturers. You can't just release a brand new phone every year or every three years. You must keep your original phone, update the software, repair it if need be. We're in a consumerist society that is at odds with the green agenda that they're trying to push. We can't have it both ways. Either we're polluting the planet with all this crap that we're building and making with chips and lithium and the cobalt mining of the world, or we go back to simpler times. We can't simply just shut everything off, coal-fired power stations and the like, and move to green renewables because it's the same issue. It has the same problem at its core, consumerism. That's what's really wrecking the planet. It's not cars. It's not a few cow farts. It's a very simple thing. Consumerism. That's what's destroying things. And that's the one thing that the Green New Deal, the Agenda 2030 mob, they're not actually addressing. They want to reduce the carbon emissions. Unfortunately, you're the carbon they want to reduce. Anyway, that's my little gripe about the Green New Deal and what's happening in Australia and globally in Western nations. The next one, this is one that's really ticked me off, actually. It's an article which I believe is from the Herald Sun called Our Rainbow Society. And I'll just read it to you. We'll take a little while, but I think I'll get the point across. Schools make no difference in LGBTIQ numbers jump. 14% of young Australians now identify as gay, up from as little as 3% nearly a decade ago. Research shows the number of 18 to 25-year-olds on the LGBTIQ spectrum more than doubled from 2012 and 2020. The analysis of a nationally representative data form of more than 15,000 people by the University of Tasmania shows the same proportion of same-sex status young people went to conservative religious schools and state schools. Students are increasingly non-religious and accepting of alternative sexualities and increasingly identify as bi, gay, and bisexual. Author Douglas Easy said, Homosexual relationships are now almost universally adopted amongst Australians of all religious traditions, and there's very little difference in attitude depending on young person's educational type. Professor Ezzy's research also shows Teachers in government and non-government schools are broadly accepting of homosexual relationships. These changes are important, and because they are, present a very different picture to the, that portrayed by the conservative religious authorities who shape the policies and practices in these schools, he said. Such church leaders who often play a dominant role on the broad running of elite private schools have strongly defended their right to teach marriage as only between a man and a woman. 
Many also say that they should be allowed to only employ heterosexual Christian staff. As the Herald Sun revealed in April, the Presbyterian church leaders linked to the schools such as Scots College and Presbyterian Ladies College even told the Australian Law Reform Commission that the gay students should not be at school should not be school leaders because they undermine the school's Christian values. Professor Ezzy found students and teachers at religious schools were more progressive than the church leaders running them. Conservative leaders had some success in enforcing conservative morality. For example, many teachers have lost their jobs at religiously affiliated schools after their LGBTQ plus sexuality gender was discovered, he said. Almost 20% of Australian children attend Catholic school and another 15% attend a private school. The growth in religious education comes amid a substantial decline in the religiosity of Australians, with 43% saying they have no religion, up from 26% in 2004. The rise to 62% of people alleged people aged 18 to 25, only 9.5% of the 18 to 25-year-olds who attend Catholic schools go to church monthly, compared to the 16% of those who went to other religious schools. The research is published in the latest journal of Beliefs and Values. Now, what they're trying to say is that denominational schools, Catholic, Anglican, Presbyterian, they have no impact on how children identify sexually. It's had no impact on the rise in homosexuality or the alphabet people. But going from something as low as 3% a decade ago up to 14% now, that's an unbelievable uptick in my opinion. How could that many children or younger people rather suddenly start identifying as gay or genderqueer? Now the left are going to come out and say, you know, people are more accepting now and they feel safer in their skin and they can come out and they can be proud I can accept that to a degree, but 3 to 14% is a statistical anomaly. It's a massive jump. I don't believe it. And now this astronomical growth coincides with uptick in autism spectrum diagnosis in school-aged children. There was recently a story on, I think it was Sunrise this week, where they were talking about public schools, private schools. Testing for autism spectrum has found there's been a 10% increase in children who are diagnosed to be on the spectrum. So that could be Asperger's, um, ADD, ADHD, ODD, all of these type of learning disabilities. Now, I find it really interesting that it's gone up 10% at the same time as those who identify as intersex, genderqueer, or gay has gone up 14%. Now, that could be coincidence, but I tend to think that those are very closely linked to one another. And... Here's a little bit of a reading I've got from the research behind this. A jump in a number of children with autism has sparked concerns about whether the National Disability Insurance Scheme can keep up with the growing demand for support services. Federal government data obtained by the Autism Asperger's Advocacy Australia shows the number of children with autism spectrum disorder rose 9.4% to 78,951 in the year to June 30. More than 6,000 children were diagnosed during this year at an average rate of 16.5 each day. Now, this first article that I read called Rainbow Society would want you to believe that schools have no undue influence or effects over students or how they identify. It tries to put it in the scope that children who go to conservative or Christian schools are still coming out as gay, so schools don't have an impact. 
I think it's the inverse of that. I think that these social Marxist agendas, these propaganda machines, the stuff that's being forced down kids' throats in line with kids who are, ident- who are coming out as diagnosed autism spectrum, they are easily influenced. I think this is a direct correlation between autism spectrum and those that are identifying as being a part of the alphabet group. It's definitely a case of cultural contamination. Now, we know through the social Marxist agenda that's being pushed down throats again, that's on TV, it's in films, it's in books. For heaven's sake, there's even Transformers shows now where a Transformer identifies as they, them pronouns. This can't be any way natural. It's happening at an alarming rate and it's skyrocketing. This cannot be a natural growth. Then we need to consider the education department policies at the moment, specifically in Victoria. For students who identify as transgender or a different gender altogether, something that they're not born as. And I'm going to read you an extract of the department mandates. Now, this one's going to probably fire a lot of people up. It's listed as parental consent. There may be circumstances in which students wish or need to undertake gender transition without the consent of their parents or carers and or without consulting medical practitioners. If no agreement can be reached between the student and their parents regarding the student's gender identity, or if the parent will not consent to the consent of the student's support plan, it will be necessary for the school to consider whether the student is a mature minor. If a student is considered a mature minor, they can make decisions for themselves without parental consent and should be affirmed in their gender identity at school without family representation or representative care, participating in formulating the school's management plan. Essentially, what this is telling you is the state has taken over ownership of your kids and your consent for what they do. They don't even have to tell you about it. You can have little Jimmy who thinks he's a Sarah go into school and say that he doesn't feel secure or safe at home telling his parents. So the school is now obligated under mandated policy to affirm that child's new gender identity. The state has taken away and interfered with your own flesh and blood. They've taken the rights away from families. They've taken away parental consent. And most people wouldn't even know this policy exists. Hell, half of them that probably do know it exists don't even care about it. What kind of a world are we going into? This is all in the same week as the events on the rooftop bar in Melbourne. Now, a lot of you might have seen it. Uh, New York Patriot shared this as a, as a video on his Instagram. It was a, a LGBTQI event on this rooftop bar in Melbourne And there's a video of adults screaming, cheering, filming, and it pans to the front stage. And what do we see there? A child under the age of five or six, I would say, sitting there twerking in front of adults being cheered on. Twerking for heaven's sakes. This is in the exact same week that Dan Andrews, our local state dictator, hosted a drag time story hour for kids with a drag queen called Scott T, who just so happens to be a previous winner of the 2022 Australian Adult Industry Awards, a literal adult entertainer, reading stories to children. Now, the socialists on the left, they're going to tell you, oh, you know, it's been toned down. It can be pitched to children. It doesn't have to be sexual. It's at a child's level. Well, here's what I've got to say to that. Drag queens are a hypersexualization of women. It's a bloke wearing woman face, essentially. It's entirely adult entertainment. They gave this guy an award for heaven's sakes. He's an adult entertainer. But let's, let's flip the thinking on this. Let's put it in this perspective. This drag queen, who I would assume has a working with children's track, is allowed to read to children 
this during this story time and work with kids, all while actively also being an adult entertainer. The inverse of this, if, say, a male or a female teacher in a public school was found to be moonlighting as a stripper or had an OnlyFans content creator, he or she would lose their job instantly because it's seen as inappropriate or immoral for a teacher to do such things. So then why is the state promoting and protecting the previous example? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. Why is it happening on one side, but it's not accepted in other areas? These are the questions you need to ask yourselves, people. Anyway, that's my rants for today. As I said, recorded a really great episode with Ghost at My Third Eye Podcast. That should be coming out hopefully next week or so. Might drop it midweek. I'll make contact with Ghost and see when he wants to put it out. Uh, yeah, if you're a listener who wants to jump on for a conspiracy chit-chat, reach out to me on drewmisson88 at gmail.com or hit me up on my Instagram. I have been heavily shadow banned at the moment, but I'm still out there. Just search for Missen, M-I-S-S-E-N underscore the underscore point. You'll find me there. Uh, yeah, lots of other shows lined up in the coming months, so it's going to be pretty busy. Hope you guys are enjoying this. Don't forget to leave me a rating, five stars, leave a comment, touch base with me and let me know how I'm going. And I'll catch you next time. <laughs>